0: We are the plan.
1: If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time.
3: We are Conservative Daily.
0: Welcome back to Conservative Daily, everyone. We have a lot to talk about. I have a a great guest that most of you are familiar with. Uh, That is Pat Kolbeck. Uh, And we have a lot to talk about tonight, but I saw he put up a, a post that somebody sent me. And... It was regarding a motion that was just filed to hold the Michigan Secretary of State in contempt of court. Now, this is regarding the uh, O'Halloran versus Benson lawsuit. And the motion is to hold Jocelyn Benson, the Michigan Secretary of State, in contempt. And she, instead of complying with the ruling issued by a court of claims uh, that was issued on October 20th, she and this is important because it was uh details that have to do with the poll challenger guidance uh that people are receiving in Michigan because there are at least ambiguity if not contradictions between that and the uh actual statutes uh she has instead of complying issued a mass of uh filings in response and again an egregious uh action that falls perfectly in line with behavior of fraudsters like her, as well as other officials in Michigan, as well as those around the state. Uh, and as we have uh, some more stuff to show you later, the rhetoric, and this is why this is this really upsets me so much, the rhetoric that uh, the biggest threat to our country right now is these extremist, you know, super MAGA uh, Republicans, Th- this is being parroted, you know, once again, and now at a higher tone by, uh, you know, President Biden, I'm sure he's going to go full steam ahead on that narrative tonight as well, by uh, KJP, the White House press secretary, and so many other Democrats, and it's just getting really old. And, uh, you know, they do all of this while we still have uh, people on our side, people who are fighting for truth and accountability here in the United States, just ahead of these elections, uh, who are being thrown in jail, who are being imprisoned, and on top of that, so many Gen 6 defendants who are still imprisoned, uh, many without actually being charged so uh, i don't want to wait, waste any more time uh we have patrick kolbeck he is the founder of letsfixstuff.org and he has been working tirelessly on the election front uh election uh, integrity uh you know on the side of things and he's been he's been giving up a great deal of time and energy and uh, he's a, a friend of mine and uh, someone i respect very much so uh, patrick kolbeck i really appreciate
3: you joining us welcome Well, thanks for the opportunity to get the word out on this. So we've got a serial lawbreaker in Michigan uh, by the name of Jocelyn Benson. Unfortunately, especially in context of the fact that we have elections coming up here, she is our Michigan Secretary of State. And when I say serial lawbreaker, well, not only did she, what she found in violation of the law on October 20th of this year um, regarding a lawsuit, put in place by plaintiffs, uh, Phil Halloran and quite a few others um, filed by our lawyer Ann Howard, who's doing a great job on this. But uh, she she's also been found guilty of violating the law on at least four separate occasions, including one back in 2020 that uh, she actually implemented this bogus six foot rule that uh, was designed to keep poll challengers from overseeing the activities of poll challengers um folks like myself you know uh when we're actually looking at what's going on it's kind of we kind of need these uh goggles as it is to go off and read what people are doing but they they actually put these uh this six foot rule in specifically to keep people from observing what's going on and you know there was an injunction issued ordered by a court prior to the election that she never notified any of the clerks about so as a result Our poll challengers knew about the injunction. They knew what the law was. They knew what the court had said, but none of the poll inspectors, none of the election officials, none of the workers, none of the clerks, none of them knew about it. And she was trying to repeat this same exercise here in the wake of this October 20th ruling by Judge Swartzel that struck down um, several provisions of a May 2022 poll challenger guideline that she put out that we've been fighting for a while. uh, That's a big issue. It's designed deliberately to interfere with the duties of poll challengers. And Judge Swartzel rightly highlighted that she had no authority to go off and supersede state law regarding the rights and duties of poll challengers. I mean, simple things like the uh, ability to go off and bring in a recording device of some kind, electronic recording device, like a smartphone. Um, She had prohibited in her rulings, but there's nothing in state law that prohibits poll challengers from bringing that in. Now, why is that important? Well. Paul, you remember um, uh, at the back of the TCF center, a lot of people were complaining during the 2020 election about this mysterious delivery van that dropped off a whole bunch of ballots at the back of the TCF center. Um, We weren't allowed to uh, document that with our smartphones. I was there. I was a poll chander. I saw it. We were able to go off and document it in writing what happened. But let's face it, that doesn't have the same impact as showing the video. Well, you know, we put in a FOIA request, or Gateway Pundit put in a FOIA request asking for that surveillance video. We didn't get that surveillance video until after the inauguration in February of 2021. If we would have had that information right away and shown what was happening at 3.30 in the morning, that would have had a much more significant impact than than it did because uh, of the timeliness. So all we're doing this just judge's ruling. That's one of the provisions in this ruling that Jocelyn Benson it's just completely ignoring right now.
0: Well, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad you actually bring up the TCF video because I think, and you you say basically as much in your in the post that that I was forwarded uh, that instead of you know having any respect for the rule of law or for the integrity of the you know the elections here in the United States, we already know that Jocelyn Benson and the fraudsters in Michigan don't. But she seems to just be pushing this off. Uh, and you know she very likely intends to violate the law just like they did in 2020 just like they uh they have done repeatedly and just like they're doing in other states and then they're going to walk this down the road and after the fact they're going to take the narrative again it's not going to matter to them they're just going to make it disappear and never address any of the problems that come to light uh after the fact
3: right and you highlighted something very important against this backdrop, where we've got a serial lawbreaker in Jocelyn Benson, where she repeatedly has contempt for the court and demonstrates contempt for the law. Um, the folks on our side of the political uh, debate, the uh, election fraud investigations, like Steve Bannon, like Catherine Engelbrecht, Greg uh, Greg Phillips, um, those folks are actually uh, sentenced to jail time for contempt. And, uh, you know, they're actually, their sin is not sharing information with uh the court or the congress as a case with uh steve bannon um but uh here we've got a case where we've got a sitting michigan secretary of state that is showing contempt for the actual law and um is is there's nothing that happens to her there's no repercussion whatsoever she's trying to walk it out as you as you indicate she's just trying to delay and uh Maybe uh, have something happen after the after the election, and here's the crux of the argument. This shows how false uh, they are with their tactics. Is that the basis of uh, her argument for not complying with the law? And she's in the middle of an appeal. They sought to skip the court of appeals in Michigan. They want to go directly to Michigan Supreme Court. Her legal team now features names that you uh, will. A lot of your guests will uh recognize Mark Elias, Hillary Clinton's uh, former general counsel, uh, he's engaged on this. So we got the big boys involved from D.C., so you know you're over the target with this. And um, they're trying to, to slow walk it uh, on this again. And that, what's really frustrating is that she's not being held in contempt of court. So what we saw today in this motion that was filed by Ann Howard and her legal team, was saying, okay, Judge Swartzel, you issued a good ruling. It was very fair. It highlighted the statutes that were being violated. Yet our Secretary of State has done nothing to implement that. And her basic argument is that it's called latches. It means that she doesn't have time to implement it or to address the issue um, prior to the election. So instead of updating five paragraphs in a 27-page manual, she and her legal team have filed over 460 pages of legal filings to fight the implementation of this uh, ruling and essentially to fight the rule of law which indicates not only are we over the target but she intends to cheat again and uh and she's trying to do everything she can to um, impede the ability of of poll challengers from overseeing her cheating
0: well you know it It just seems like a lot of the same behavior that we've seen why go to all the trouble to release all this you know mountain of uh these mountains of pages of filings instead of changing a few lines if they had nothing to hide and they wouldn't they don't have any problem with uh you know some from what I understand about the whole situation very clear and straightforward updates that I can't imagine being a problem in any world where the goal is to have a a fair election where the the rules were very clear. It just, it makes no sense.
3: It would take 15 minutes for them to update that manual and comply with the judge's instructions. Instead, as the motion that was filed today indicates, there's been zero indication that they've done anything to comply with the judge's orders. So that's an issue and it needs to be addressed and needs to be held accountable. She needs to be held accountable. And frankly, if anybody should be going to jail, it should be her for serial law breaking. I mean, that's complete contempt for the rule of law. Um, she's up for election this upcoming, um, you know, uh, November 8th. So she's actually, her name's going to be on the ballot. And so she is obviously tilting the battlefield in her favor to try to subvert the rule of law and subvert election integrity. Um, which, uh, frankly, should be concerned to all our citizens that are casting a vote this election.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the, this election truly is, a, I think, all-hands-on-deck situation. I think most people realize that. Uh, but, I mean, you know, in Michigan, you just had Liz Cheney. She just endorsed the uh, the congressional uh, Democrat there. Liz yeah. who? Liz Cheney.
3: Liz, know, the, I, I, never, I haven't heard of her before. I, oh, just, I'm not familiar. Yeah.
0: Dick, uh, Dick Cheney's <laughs> daughter, the, the war monger's yeah, no, no, uh, no, no, daughter. Yeah,
3: yeah, she yeah, endorsed. I, I just, uh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I'm just trying to highlight that she is persona non grata now. Uh, there's uh, the whole idea that she calls herself a Republican is insulting to Republicans.
0: Well, and she comes out and endorses Alyssa Slotkin. I find it hilarious that she still pretends to be a Republican while the the candidates in Michigan, including uh, Whitmer and you know Nestle and all these you know pieces of garbage, they they seem to be running on. On I don't know what, and then abortion. Like they're going to, they're, they're, they think Prop 3 That's is. All
3: abortion.
0: Yeah, I mean, do they have anything else to their platform? that I don't know what they've done positive for the state. They were terrible during the lockdowns in, in and
3: since. Well, Tudor Dixon mopped up uh, Governor Whitmer during the two debates that she's had, but none of the other statewide candidates for a Michigan Secretary of State or Michigan Attorney General want to debate the Republican candidate. So obviously um, we know why Jocelyn Benson doesn't want to debate Christina Caramo because Christina's just gonna point out her serial law breaking, right? Um, and then you've got and right uh, then you've got Dana Nessel that doesn't want to debate attorney Matt DePerno they they run for attorney general. So because Matt's gonna expose everything that she's kind of turned a blind eye to
0: Matt would slaughter her, her. He would slaughter uh, absolutely. her absolutely
3: and Christina would mop the floor with uh, Jocelyn Benson so because she's got the truth on her side. That's why they don't want to debate. And uh, They made a tactical error by debating Tudor. Uh, Gretchen was cocky enough that she thought she could just wipe the floor with her. But I was actually very, very uh, impressed by Tudor Dixon, who owned the stage in both of her debates. And yeah. I served with Gretchen Whitmer when I was in the Michigan Senate. I know how... Um, uh, let's just say how an, annoying she can be, uh, for sake of simplicity. And frankly, I think she came across as annoying for anybody who's watching those debates as well. And Tudor came around as in charge and control and in command of the situation, and was very, very impressive. So we think that that's going to help carry the day. Um, and it's a coattail race, typically in statewide races. So if Dixon does well against Whitmer, that bodes well for. Nessel uh, being defeated by DePerno and uh, Benton being defeated by uh, my good friend, Christina Caramo.:
0: Well, you know, it's kind of frustrating. You know the ones that won't debate because there's a lot of them, not just in Michigan. Uh, you see them all over the country. Fetterman, uh, regrettably, yeah. <laughs> to a point, decided that, uh, you know, he would take his, <laughs> his uh, you know, RoboCop technology and, and try to debate. I mean, I feel sorry for the guy, but there's so many Democrats that don't want to debate because they know that they're they're done. They they, they are well, very they, afraid.
3: They Well, it also indicates that they use the media to cover up for them. And that's another key facet of, of why this show is so important, why people less and less people are getting their news from traditional media sources and they're going to alternative media sources like Conservative Daily. I mean, this is... This is, uh, I think, Rasmussen put out a poll and said, I think 76% of Americans get their information now from word of mouth and from alternative media sources. They're not getting it from ABC News, CBS, or NBC, or any of those um, bozos, and frankly, less and less from Fox News as well nowadays, and Newsmax, and and, uh, some other sources that have shown that they're not interested in getting getting the word out sometimes. And so... um, if I have to go on one more conservative show, uh, you know, playing catchphrase on all the different terms that I can't say when I'm on it it, it, it that's it. I'm tired of that. This is we have a First Amendment in this country. It's time we started standing up for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, you highlight uh, a few good things. Number one, I mean, it's it's been well established now for at least a year that the mainstream media is dying. But what you said about uh, you know what this trend of these people refusing to debate what it shows. It shows number one, yes, you're right. The media is covering for them. Number two, it shows that the media will allow that to slide and, in fact, try to uh, norm. They, they'll, it. Yeah, they'll yeah. defend the idea that they refuse yeah. to debate sometimes in violation of laws and all common sense. Uh, I mean, it's just it's it's ridiculous. It it truly is is showing number one how afraid they are to actually have their ideas compete with these, you know, America First candidates. And it shows how completely in bed they are with the mainstream media and how that's just one organ.
3: Yeah, and I I talk about that and some other points in my book where I talk about what I call influence operations. Um, The book's called The 2020 Coup, What Happened and What We Can Do. And in there, I mean, we're going into an election cycle again in this uh, 2022 election. And the uh, key to unmasking everything that they did to seal the election in 20 uh twenty, uh, uh or to prevent them from doing it in twenty twenty two is understand how they did it in twenty twenty. So that's why we put it out there. If you want more info on how to get it, go to the twenty twenty coup.com. But but guys we gotta be educated. This is no time where we can sit on the fence and and not not learn about uh some basic civics, how elections are supposed to be run, what we can do about it. It's time to get engaged.
0: Yeah, amen. Um and this is the book cover. Um and it is an awesome book, by the way. I, I uh, might want to record something with you. Uh, we can find the time soon because I've had it for a little while and I finished it a couple weeks ago. I forgot to reach Thank out it. to you, but excellent book. And uh, I, I suggest you. that everyone go and, and pick up a copy of this because none of this election stuff, we're not done with this. This uh, The midterms that are coming up, a lot of this is the same playbook. We're seeing the exact same things that they've done that they did in 2020 that they've been doing in the primaries and all they're doing is, is shifting and, uh, you know, adjusting a little bit because they have a little bit more pressure on them. So, uh, but he met or, uh, Pat, you lay out a, a great deal of detail in there and, uh, yeah, right. about the things going on you in Michigan. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great job. Um, and, well, one more time
3: 20 footnotes in there. If you go to the website, the 2020 coup.com you can get links into the footnotes and check into it. And also some links to additional evidence that I wasn't able to put into the book, but it's still out there and, and encourage everybody to look at it. I mean, if you, if you even if you don't buy the book, read the evidence and understand what was actually happening in that, uh, in that, uh, election so that we can prevent this from happening again in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then just a couple things I, uh, i don't know how much you know about the guy, so I know i didn 't prepare you for this, but this uh I was looking i saw it a few days ago, and i didn't have time to really dig into into it. Do you know anything about this Maurice Imhoff that they 're running for state rep uh this guy like he supposedly there was a gateway article about he was sharing uh <coughs> like you know basically explicit images of his girlfriend who was a minor at the time uh threatened to shoot up a school i mean th- these people are absolutely crazy. And then uh, and then I didn't see this actually until today that Dana Nessel, she forced a, a security team to sign an NDA after she had to be removed yeah. from a football game.
3: Yeah, for being too drunk to make it out on her own. Well, this is only tip of the iceberg. I'm seeing what you're talking about with Maurice Imhoff. But, uh, you know, we have, uh, there was a sitting state rep, Uh, Cynthia Johnson, that essentially, if you see her um, little uh, FaceTime tirade where she was calling for her minions to take out all the Trumpers, um, as she called them, and threatened them specifically, uh, this is a sitting state rep. We have another gentleman who ran for state rep during the 2020 election and was elected, and is currently sitting in the Michigan State House. Um, by the name of, uh, what was it, um, I'll, uh, I'll figure it out later, um, of course after the show, but he doxed one of our Wayne County canvassers and her daughter um, uh, for going to Grosse Point High School and essentially was threatening her a- in the wake of her refusing to certify the vote in Wayne County because of 71% of the precincts in Detroit being unbalanced, which means that there were, there's some indication of fraud, rampant fraud there, because the number of voters uh, recorded in the poll books didn't equal the number of ballots that were cast. So, um, you know, once again, there's these people that want to follow the law, uh, like poll challengers. We're trained to follow the law. We know what the law is. And then you got people like Jocelyn Benson, Cynthia Johnson, this new state rep from the uh, Point area or whatever that uh, was elected that doxed uh, Monica Palmer's child, Um, and uh, they're all the lawless side of it. So it's law versus lawlessness, and that's why this uh, motion that was filed today by Ann Howard and her team um, in the Court of Claims in Michigan is so important because sooner or later we got to hold these guys accountable for following the law.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, Do you want to go through any of the motion uh, briefly?
3: Uh, We can call it up if you'd like. Um, let me see here. All right, I'll share it with you.
0: And remember, we do have an excellent sponsor of the show, and that is AirMedCare Network. So today's podcast is again sponsored by AirMedCare Network. And if you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, or if you like to hike or spend a lot of time outdoors, or do uh, you know dangerous things like some of us like to do. That may require some emergency medical attention. We all want to make sure that our family is protected in a medical emergency, uh, and health insurance will not always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight if, in fact, you do need one. But with AirMedCare Network, you are covered. For as little as $85 a year, not only you, but your entire household will be covered in case you ever need air medical transport. Uh, this is a super, super good deal, very low cost, and... It's insurance that if you need it, you do want to make sure that you have it. I know people personally who have had to cover those costs, and believe me, they are very expensive. So simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Receive up to a $50 Visa gift card back when you sign up today. That's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and promo code is daily. Go check them out. And I also have a few other... uh a few other things if you have a few more minutes i can keep you on for that as well uh, if you want to okay, go ahead
3: here's the actual motion dr phil halloran a phenomenal Braden giacobazzi and if you have time i can show a clip why this court uh why this lawsuit was important in the first place um it's a video that's posted up at gateway pun it was taken by uh, patty mcmurray uh, during the uh, primary election in August. I was actually present shortly after that uh, scene took place. And um, I'll tell you, it was very concerning. So um, essentially, here's the basis of the motion. And uh, and it really just hi- highlights these serial noncompliance and the fact that she has not taken any efforts to... Um, uh, comply with the court order. So here's the meat of it. Um, So the court order that was issued by Judge Swartzell was, uh, it took immediate effect. It wasn't any delay. It was supposed to be complied with immediately rather than complying with that. um, As she states in the motion, it's been 13 days since the uh, entry of that court order. And there has been no effort at all by the defendants to comply with that order. So that should be a concern, especially in the wake of her previous behavior in ignoring court orders um, to disclose information. So we're essentially performing the role right now. You and I are performing the role that she should be doing with her office, which is getting the word out to um, election officials. Uh, Today, right before we got on, I also made sure that I got this information out to law enforcement officers across the whole state of Michigan. So they should be spun up on what the court order is as well.
0: When I think that we're very rapidly approaching a point where the local law enforcement might have to, uh, you know, actually use some of its fangs. We we've already seen how in Michigan they have no problem, uh, weaponizing the state police. Uh, there's yep. been a few instances of that. So, uh, there's a lot of good
3: people in the state police um and uh there's a lot of good law enforcement officers that that take their oath to uh support and defend the constitution very seriously and i know there's a lot of conflict within these law enforcement organizations over um what they're being asked to do at the behest of an unlawful governor unlawful attorney general i myself got visited by two officers from the attorney general's office back on friday um and yeah, for, for a matter that typically is handled via letter, they decided that they wanted to show up in force. So this is a game that's being played right now. We're literally living in a police state. And, you know, I think it was um, Joseph Stallis, right? Chief of police that said, you show me the man, I'll show you the crime. That's what's going on right now is that they are the Lady Justice's blindfold has been torn off. And uh, it is. um it's it's not good so um anyway we got some work to do
0: yeah you're absolutely right and you know you mentioned us doing the job right here of you know the secretary of state there there are other i'm not going to speak too much about it because i don't know if they want it to be public yet but there's another state very close to you actually that are having similar issues where they had some uh some ambiguity or something that didn't align between guidance that was given to uh you know to some of the poll workers and to some of the statutes and they reached out asking for some clarification because they were told you are only to certify uh the number of votes not the number of votes for each candidate and yeah. they had they were not exactly willing to do that so they they simply said i'm only willing to certify one or you know this particular thing and then they became attacked uh you know and It got real weird. They got pushed out immediately. I don't think any of them are remaining but one. Uh, But these people have a mission.
3: We had an issue around certification guidelines as well here in the state of Michigan. Um, In Michigan, we have what are called county board of canvassers. They roll it up to the state board of canvassers and our county board of canvassers in Wayne County, as I was alluding to before, in the wake of threats that they were receiving. They refused to uh, not certify the Wayne County election results. And – the mantra that was being pushed was that they didn't have the authority not to certify; they had to, as a rubber stamp. You just had to go in there and certify. Well, now, before Michigan voters, is something called Proposal Two, where they are putting actually into our constitution that our canvassers must just rubber stamp it, and they have no authority to uh, overturn anything. Oh, by the way, the Michigan Secretary of State is the only one who conduct an audit, who can conduct an audit under this uh, Proposal Two as well. So talk about Fox Garden and Hen House. Um, this is, uh, I mean, it's amazing. It's like, can you imagine anybody doing quality assurance on their own work and getting away with it in industry and private sector? It just doesn't work that way. You have to have a third party that comes in and does a QA. And uh, that's what they're trying to get away with. So the, the point around the certification is is that if the canvasser only had authority, only had authority to rubber stamp the result and push it up the the uh, chain then why do they need a constitutional amendment to say that that's what their duty is the fact is when you canvas and it's probably the same in other states as well you are essentially conducting an audit of those election results for that particular jurisdiction and if numbers don't add up you don't certify and that's what they didn't do initially in wayne county then they had a commitment that there would be a, a an audit uh, performed Um, and as soon as, and so they voted yes. And as soon as they voted yes, they said, gotcha, we're not going to do an audit. And they said, well, fine, then we're not going to certify. And they said, too late. You can't change your answer. And they already changed it once. So I don't understand why they can't change it again. (laughs) So, um, it's, uh, that's the kind of craziness we're dealing with. And the media just gives them a pass across the board uh, because they are literally in the tank. They're propagandists. I just had a guy contact me from USA today. And he wanted to embed himself among our poll challengers uh, when we're on election night. I said, "You know," um, he goes, "Yeah, I want to help clear up all the misunderstanding that's out there." I go, "Well, help me out. Tell me what you mean by misunderstanding." And uh, he highlighted that, "Oh, yeah, all these uh, poll challengers are seen as intimidating people and fomenting violence and all that kind of stuff." No, 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 that's not that's not a misunderstanding. That's misinformation. <laughs> I go, "Our poll <laughs> challengers are just." promoting lawful exercises, and I go, and if you want to do a story on the fact that we're just seeking to follow the law while these other lawbreakers, serial lawbreakers like Jocelyn Benson, are trying to impede us in that uh, activity, then yeah, I'd be more than glad to talk to some of our organizations to see if we could embed you, um, but until I see a story like that, I, I don't think so, and uh, he said, well, you know, I found that these experiential stories have much more impact. I go, And I responded back. I said, you know, I agree. They do have much more impact if you have an honest broker. I won't believe you're an honest broker until you put out a story highlighting what the truth of what's really happening really is up in the USA today. So I'll talk to you when you have that story done.
0: (laughs) Well said, yeah. These people are – we've had so many uh, – we we have been – we've been telling people not to vote by mail. So we sent out some things saying, if you want to make sure that your vote is counted and everything is secure, go ahead and vote in person. And immediately we've had all these left-wing media people that they've reached out. They want to talk to us. They're accusing us of voter intimidation. Uh, you know, they, they, just, they have no shame. And, uh, no. you know,
3: and I'm not, uh, I'm not playing their game anymore. I refuse to talk to any of these people. Uh, all communications are done via email. Um, until they start demonstrating that they're trustworthy.
0: Yeah, and that, that's a hard thing to do nowadays. But Patrick, I want to thank you. Uh, I, I want to make sure people one more time, they know where to go get your book and your and find your website. But I know you're working on a lot there too, so are there any other updates or uh, things that people in Michigan need to know or need to uh, get yeah. on board with?
3: Yeah, um, actually I'll encourage them, I'm gonna put this up on Operation Overwatch um, website later, but. We're going to be doing a robust effort to monitor the vote tally chain of custody on election night. So we got an ambitious project that's going to be asking uh, people who are at the polls, whether they're poll workers, poll challengers, et cetera, to collect the precinct tapes. Those are the printouts uh, after the end of canvassing, after the polls have closed at 8 o'clock in Michigan, all across the state. Um, We're asking them to uh, upload the precinct tapes to a website called electioneyes.us. And if you could do that, that will help us in our troubleshooting because we're going to be reconciling that against the data that the Secretary of State is putting out, that the various clerks are putting out. And uh, also we're going to reconcile it against uh, what Edison Research data streams are showing as well and identify anomalies in the election results real time rather than after the fact. So if you could uh, get people to go to electioneyes.us, that's E-Y-E-S dot U-S, um, that would be good to let people know about that. And uh, there's, I think, that same form, that same ability is out there for quite a few states all across the country. I know you got a pretty broad audience, so um, you could also update your information for your Uh, precincts uh, at that website as well. And just so you know, in Michigan, uh, under MCL 168.807, they are required by law to provide you with that information after the polls close. So um, don't let them say that they can't give it to you. It's actually by law. They're responsible for doing it. Tell them they'll be guilty of a felony if they don't comply.
0: Awesome. Absolutely. So that's for those on audio election. Ellie, E C T I O N E Y E S election eyes dot US. Uh, yeah. So thank you. I didn't know about that website. Thank you, Pat. And then again, your website is uh, you've got let's fix stuff org and then the twenty twenty coupcom where you can get your book.
4: Yeah,
3: thank you very much, Paul. Appreciate it. And uh, God bless your efforts. And this is how we win, guys. We go around the mainstream media and go directly to the people. So Everybody that's listening here, tell two friends so that they can tell two friends and so on and so forth.
0: Boom. Exactly.
3: Patrick, I really appreciate you coming on.
0: Thanks, brother. God bless you.
3: God bless. Bye-bye.
1: This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner Um, but you can go there and save an additional five percent off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs, and now online, available to everyone across the entire country.
0: All right. So, my Michigan is very dear to my heart. I grew up there, uh, you know, my whole life until I moved out to uh, Colorado. But same things going on. Uh, these these Secretary of States, these demons, just like. Uh, like Dana Nessel, like uh, you know Katie Hobbs you know the one who hid in the bathroom uh, so many of these cowards all over the nation do not let them dictate what law is do not let them dictate how we move forward all hands on deck I really do believe that we can uh, we can overwhelm them this election cycle we just need to all turn out and we need to j- just like he said I love that Patrick said that tell two friends to tell two to tell two uh, and I don't think they can stop it but uh, we still have some time left, so man, today's press briefing. My goodness, they are really running with this uh, MAGA extremist, evil Republican narrative, uh, <laughs> and the reporters are jumping in on the on the action too. So I'm going to play a few clips because this is this is their narrative right now. They need to uh, continue to basically hide from the truth that the economy is absolutely atrocious. And they know this. There was just a, a, I can't remember what state it was in, but someone asked the audience, uh, one of these candidates said, how, how many for you uh, is the election, or I'm sorry, is the economy the most important issue? Everyone raises their hand. Everyone does. Uh, they, they are continually lying very, very deliciously. Uh, Biden just got fact-checked again on Twitter. So really enjoying these these new updates to Twitter In the musk era the new era of censorship um let's start with one clip here is uh the darling kjp who decided to wear a low-cut shirt because she while we are super ultra mega she is apparently super ultra professional let's start with the first clip of our darling white house press secretary
4: to what degree uh could you characterize how much the pelosi attack influence the president's decision to give this address tonight uh how much of a catalyst is that and kind of as a related question has the president uh, made any personal outreach or considered making personal outreach to republican leaders to ask them for a more forceful response uh to condemn that attack other violence um I understand the power of the bully pulpit tonight, but has he done any direct contact to Republican leaders? And I appreciate your question and I understand your question. I'm going to start with the last one first. It should not be controversial to speak out against political violence. Uh, It should be something as as political leaders should automatically do in a forceful way. And you all have reported on what happened. To Paul Pelosi and how horrific it was and how devastating it it was and how dangerous uh, that action was. Uh, And the rhetoric that we're seeing, that rise of rhetoric that happened uh, to (laughs) Paul Pelosi and how horrific it was and how devastating it it was and how dangerous uh, that action was. Uh, And the (laughs) rhetoric that we're seeing, that rise of rhetoric that we are seeing, uh, you know, you have people out there who listen and who take that rhetoric very seriously. And so the president believes that it shouldn't have to, he, he shouldn't have to call them to say, hey, you need to condemn, condemn what happened a little fo- more forcefully. That is something that it should just be uh, something that's automatic, and they should just do that. Look, the president, again, is making the speech because we're, we're seeing an alarming number of Republican, uh, Republican officials who are saying, they're being very clear, uh, they're not going to accept the results of these elections. That's a problem. And yes, when we see what happened to uh, Paul
0: Pelosi, and you see this all about the elections, lie, lie, lie. And again, is it? Did she just say it's dangerous? Was she referring to it being dangerous that there are these extremists who are doing these things, or was it dangerous that Pelosi got hit in the head with a hammer? Uh, I'm not sure. Allegedly, whatever a hammer might be. But she was very clear. And these now we're being very clear, guys. So at least she's given us a little bit of credit. The extremist Republicans are now being very clear that we're not going to accept the results of the election. We're not going to accept the results of a stolen election or one that violates the principles of mathematics and common sense after you've repeatedly shown us that you have no regard for the actual will of the people and no regard for the rule of law. And every... Uh, intention and willingness to completely obfuscate the truth and refuse to show any semblance of tra- excuse me any semblance of transparency as to what's going on in one of the most important institutions if the most important institution in our nation as everything has been uh, torn down in the last couple of years and this is still the only narrative that they have these people are terrified they're being very clear that they won't accept the results of the election show us the show us the goods why don't you start there that would probably quiet a lot of us down kind of like the pelosi videotapes right but again they won't probably not going to show us the tapes for for the pelosi uh break-in just like they won't show us the code just like they won't show us anything because we don't deserve it because they're the ones who get to say they're the ones who get to do the audits they're the ones who get to do the handcouts touching the ballots is illegal and questioning the narrative, that's illegal too. So let me let me know in the comments, what do you guys think? Are we going to have another blood red speech? Maybe it'll be like a blood pink or like a pride. Uh, maybe it'll be pride red. Maybe it'll be different shades of red. These psychos. So another one. Let's uh, just remember that KJP was very clear that Biden has always been against political violence. He's always been against it.
4: Do you know if the President has had a chance to speak directly to Paul Pelosi yet? I, d- I don't have any calls to read out on a, on a direct conversation that he's had uh, with Paul Pelosi. As you know, he's spoken to the Speaker uh, on Friday, and, uh, you know, he continues to keep them uh, in their prayers. And he is he is uh, glad to hear that uh, Paul Pelosi will have uh, a full recovery. Um... And I'll just leave it as that for now. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, um, I just wanted to go back to Kelly's first question. Um, was the attack on Paul Pelosi um, an impetus for this speech to happen? Was it an inspiration? Had the president already been working on it? What's the timeline on so, this speech? So, uh, just a little, just just to to share. You know, the, this is something that the president has talked about for some time, right? This is nothing, this isn't new for this president. He's talked about, we all know about the soul of a nation and how uh, he decided, uh, one of the reasons he decided to, to run in 2019 was because of what he was seeing, was because of what occurred in Charlottesville, which was devastating to see that uh, in our streets. Oh, my goodness. Um, in, American, in, in, in America. And he spoke very clearly. You saw, you saw the op-ed that he wrote when he saw that. And so it has always been something that's been top of mind for him. He spoke about it. Oh, top of mind! Let's back it up. The op-ed that he wrote when he saw that. Uh, and so it's, has always been something that's been top of mind for him. He spoke about it in his inaugural speech, uh, you know, the soul of our nation and protecting our democracy. He, he spoke about it, uh, uh, on January 6th, the anniversary of January 6th, just this past year. Uh, you heard him speak about this at, in front of Independence Hall or at Independence Hall, outside of Independence Hall to be more specific, uh, where, uh, you know, our democracy started, if you will. And so this is a conversation that he w- continues to have. Uh, clearly, we are seeing an uptick, a sad uptick of, of rhetoric, uh, of political rhetoric coming from uh, really extreme Republicans uh, in office. And also, yes, you know, we saw this violent, awful, horrific attack on Paul Pelosi. And so, uh, you know, the chime is pandering. reasons that he believed this time was now uh, to 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 make sure that. Um, he spoke directly to the american people again and he has said this before this is nothing new we are at an inflection point these are not regal regular normal times
0: (laughs) 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 these are not regular normal times is there a difference between regular times and normal times or is is regular normal is that like super ultra (laughs) mega my goodness and What are they talking about this escalation? We've been saying the same thing for like two years. All the candidates are saying the same thing. You people are criminals. You're destroying our country. You're letting crime go out of control. You're not protecting Americans. You've destroyed the economy. You want to murder our babies. And show us what we want to see with the elections. Just show us the tapes. Show us the footage from January 6th. Show us the footage from Pelosi's attack. Show us the code. What has changed? What are we escalating? We haven't escalated anything. We're not even calling for violence. They keep saying that. We haven't even escalated that. We're still saying, peacefully, please respect the voice of the American people. And we're saying, okay, guys, let's watch them and just pay attention to see how they're going to cheat because they know. These people are such liar. Man, this woman, I swear, I can't, I, like, <laughs> in terms of her ability to BS absolutely every question and say absolutely nothing going in circles, she deserves a raise. For actually being a White House press secretary, she should be fired immediately. But that's what you get when you put someone in based on skin color, right? Ugh. And uh, Peter Ducey coming in clutch yet again. Let's watch this delicious exchange. Just pay attention how often they are hitting the narrative of the extremist uh, Republicans. The, these these evil Republican extremists. These super MAGA extremist Republicans. Because this is their whole narrative right now. They're demonizing us just like they did before January 6th, just like they did to all Trump supporters. And let me know, mull it over while you're watching this clip. What are we going to see? Are they just going to steal and steal and steal, and then they'll delay it a week or two or whatever they have to? And then we'll just deal with more stolen elections and then figure out what we're going to do next? We're going to overwhelm them, and then they're going to panic and probably delay it. Who knows? Maybe they'll delay it six months because they won't be able to count the votes in time. Or are they going to pull some false flag? One, you know, maybe if we win, maybe they'll they'll uh, really come out swinging. Biden's speech tonight. We'll see if he calls for some targeted law enforcement action and some arrests based on these election deniers, these evil extremist MAGA Republicans. Uh, but let's listen to Peter Doocy have a little bit of fun. Thank you,
1: Kareem. Following up on your. Comment that there's an alarming number of Republicans who are saying they're not going to accept
0: election results Does that mean President Biden thinks it is a threat to democracy if somebody votes Republican?
4: No, that's a that's a ridiculous question. No.
1: Why is that a ridiculous question? Because
4: American people should have their right to vote for whomever they want the voting is a sacred right it is something that the president wants to protect at, at at every turn, and he has done that. He's taken actions to protect the right to vote. And uh, and you see
0: specifically for dead people
4: see Democrats in Congress also doing the work to protect the right to vote. We are talking about mega mega uh Republicans oh, who have been very clear about this who who say who say Uh, You know, they are uh, pro-police, but then they are also pro-insurrectionists. That is, you cannot be pro-police and be pro-insurrectionists, who also say they want to defund the FBI. That's a problem. That is a problem that we are seeing. And who I've said have been very clear.
0: Hold on a second. The police is not the FBI. I don't know if you guys caught that. She's now saying pro-police, pro-insurrection doesn't matter, or doesn't equate. Mm-mm, doesn't work there. Doesn't jive. So pro-police and pro-insurrection doesn't work. You also can't be anti-FBI, the same people who've arrested hundreds and hundreds of Americans, probably more, we're in the thousands at this point, for nothing, who lied about Russiagate, who lied about the Ukraine call, about everything. They've lied about everything. How many... Can't be against the FBI. My God, know your audience, woman.
4: Police, but then they are also pro-insurrectionists. That is, you cannot be pro-police and be pro-pro-insurrectionists, pro, who also say they want to defund the FBI. That's a problem. That is a problem that we are seeing. And who I've said have been very clear that they have they have been very clear about pushing and peddling uh, the big lie, peddling dangerous conspiracy theory. And so that's what we're talking about. But the American people have their—they have their right to make a decision on who they want to represent them, and they should be allowed to do so.
0: Okay. In the context of calling out election deniers, then <laughs> is he going to call out Republicans that deny election results and Democrats that deny election results? It doesn't, results? Ma- it
4: doesn't <laughs> matter if there's a D or an R after your name. Uh, He will call out any rhetoric uh, that is a that that leads to potentially political violence or that calls to political violence for political violence. That is a problem. Almost got that one. Always, always condemned uh, political violence. It doesn't matter again if you're a Republican, an independent or a Democrat.
0: So President Biden thinks democracy can survive even if Democrats are not in charge of Congress. The
4: President is optimistic. He is an optimistic, you know this, Peter, he is an optimistic person. And he understands there is majority of the Americans out there who do not believe in election, in, in denying an election, who believe in actually protecting our democracy. Uh, there are majority of.
0: Okay, again, I'm sorry. We're not denying an election. Or denying that the election was fair, that the people who voted in the election actually ended up electing the candidates that they chose, right? I mean, sophisticated first grade level wordsmithing here, at KJP, really. Man, and At least she's being very clear.
4: ...out there who do not believe in election and denying an election, who believe in actually protecting our democracy... Uh, there are a majority of Americans who believe in strengthening our democracy, and that's what we see. But the president, as the president of the United States, he believes it is his it is his duty, is his responsibility to call out this rhetoric, and that's what he's going to continue to do. Go ahead.
3: Thanks, um, On uh, the election in Brazil, has the U.S. have U.S. officials made any outreach to Bolsonaro to try and
1: encourage him to accept the results of that election and and be part of that transition process?
4: So I don't have any calls to reach to read out to you on any conversation with uh, with uh, Bolsonaro. But we are glad to see that President Bolsonaro uh, acknowledged the results of the election.
0: (laughs) No plans to reach out. I wonder if if uh, Bolton, I wonder if John Bolton reached out to Bolsonaro, maybe to, you know, tell him that he's really sorry that he lost. Who knows? I would actually, we should, I would love to see John Bolton's phone calls. Wouldn't wouldn't that be great? We have a little bit on Brazil, but she said that he was very clear. um, Very clear about Biden being super, super against political violence. So we're glad to see that. Let's uh, ask you if you guys remember that, in fact. Let's see if that jives with your memory if biden has always been super clear about being against political violence and always speaking out against speech that might might possibly create uh political violence so we have one more video let's take a trip down memory lane shall we you
2: have repeated, like, Wait, you have repeat, no second. you've been talking you back made and a forth. Statement. i'm asking you i a, would no, love to you know sir I, I would love to I, it, and I, you know if you want to switch seats we, we could very quickly. We could do that, but I send no, in I'm, the National I, Guard; it would be over. There'd be no problem. Okay, but they okay. don't want to accept the National Guard. You have repeatedly we, criticized the the Vice President for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups, sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not? Add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha, and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically? that? Do it. Well, I, go would ahead, say, sir. I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right wing. So what wing. are you? What if are you? you like, look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a White name. White supremacist and, would and, would right like and right condemn? White supremacist and right supremacists. Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right wing ahead, problem. This is a left wing This is a left wing problem. I'm a white supremacist. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it, Not malicious. That's what right. his tonight, FBI, <laughs> <the> FBI <laughs> director said. I'm I'm white supremacist. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you <laughs> got it, not That's what right. his tonight, FBI. Idea. His okay. FBI director gentlemen, said. Well, then you gonna, know what? No, no, he's we're, wrong. we're done. We're done, sir. Everybody, we're moving on to the next. Everybody we're moving you a in your administration—that's administration. not an idea. Everybody in your administration <laughs> tells you the truth has a, a bad idea. Can I tell you what? You have no idea Antifa. That are, Antifa is a dangerous radical. All right, radical gentlemen. Group. We're now moving on to the Trump and, and Biden records. They'll overthrow you. When a president, sentence. I'm going to ask a question.
0: Oof. Oof. Hey. Oh, that was juicy. So, what do you guys think? Give me a verdict. Let me know what you guys think. Was that Biden calling out any calls for political violence or, you know, being very clear about always speaking out against uh, political violence or words or rhetoric that might lead to political violence? I don't know. Because, you know, Antifa, the The idea, the idea of Antifa, were those the same people that said, you know, pigs in a blanket, whatever, you know, fry them alive, you know, whatever they were saying, the little... You know, you know, you know the thing. So, moving on, you know what else Biden has been very clear about: Social Security. And bless you, Elon Musk. The White House issued. <laughs> uh, let me let me do a reveal for you. The White House put out this tweet. Hu oh. bang. Seniors are getting the biggest increase in their Social Security check in 10 years through President Biden's leadership. If that's what they call it, sure, we'll call it leadership. But, uh uh-oh, readers added context. They thought people might want you to know. Seniors will receive a large Social Security benefit increase due to the annual cost of living adjustment, which is based on the inflation rate. President Nixon, in 1972, signed into law automatic benefit adjustments tied to Consumer Price Index. That didn't last long, did it? And Musk responded. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, Mike Solana (laughs) retweeted it and said, Holy crap, that fact-checked. Because that was fast. And then uh, Musk says, (laughs) uh, The community notes feature is awesome. Our goal is to make Twitter the most accurate source of information on earth without regard to political affiliation. Well, it seems like he's taking a different approach to Facebook, who has banned all political ads from November 1st to November 8th. Different different approach, I guess. But at least they're doing something. I don't know. Is that how you look at that? We are a little bit. We're going to go over a few minutes uh for those of you who are on frank speech i appreciate you all uh checking us out there we're about to go over uh so switch over to rumble or conservative-daily.com one of our other streams uh if you're on frank speech right now if you want to keep watching you can uh uh, before we do sign off there god bless mike lindell and the team over my pillow and god bless everyone at frank speech and what uh what they are doing support mike lindell you can use promo code charlie david 21 hey throw me my slippers they're right there you can get Giza Dream Sheets, you can get all kinds of stuff. They have a uh, twenty nine ninety-eight, I think. Thirty bucks you can get the Giza Dream Sheet special. And get some My Pillow slippers, cause man, these are awesome. I literally have these things with me all the time. So for the holidays, make someone's feet happy. And uh, get them some get them some my pillow stuff, support Mike Lindell. And you know, make someone in your life a happy camper for the cold weather ahead. That's it for part one of this episode of conservative daily podcast. Part two is coming up next and you don't want to miss it.
4: Thanks for listening. God bless America.